in honesty. We are establishing human habits and practicing human honesty in a world that asks us to deny our humanity. I am your host, Christopher Hunt. Let's dig in. Episode 2, Confronting Perceptions I moved out the day I got back home from my parents. I reserved a short-term rental for two weeks, dropped by the house to pick up the belongings I needed, and then settled into my new space. After being forced to face the facts of my life, after they had all come surging to the surface, the decision was simple. Actually, acting on it was not, but deciding I needed a safe place to live was. I knew something big had to change. I did not know what exactly at first, but I knew that I had much work ahead of me. I could identify that a majority of that work was intertwined and intrinsically connected to my marriage and to our home. The physical space had been the grounds for much of the compromise and personal degradation that I had been normalizing. The relationship had been a large source of fear and I had used it as an excuse to not do what I needed in order to maintain myself. I'd established a set of norms and patterns in my home and in my marriage that had fundamentally changed how I saw things in a very destructive way. Later on, once I started to face my emotions, I started to see how my emotions were guided by an underlying set of perceptions, the way I interpreted and reacted to situations and conversations and to other people's actions. I knew that if I was going to continue digging into my emotions and to figure out the deeper perceptions and beliefs that led to them, I needed space from both my marriage and space from my home. I want to be clear here. I alone was responsible for myself and for taking care of my needs. I was at fault for not respecting my values. I was at fault for repeatedly compromising my integrity. My wife and I both contributed to our conflicts, to our mutually intertwined emotions, and to our codependency, yes. But I alone was at fault for not ensuring my core needs were being met. I was responsible for myself, and for the first time in my life, I was taking that seriously. This clarity of responsibility was not present in the moment during the times where I was compromising my integrity by either putting responsibility for my emotions on my wife or taking responsibility for her own emotions. Only looking back at that time, 
with a new perspective and changing perceptions, am I able to see this? A year before these events, I had started going to therapy to deal with my anger and deal with my childhood. One of the issues I was facing at that time was dealing with how I viewed myself and how I viewed my environment. It quickly became apparent that I had a huge lack of self-awareness and the preconceived notions that I held about who I was, what I was worth, and what my responsibilities were. This set the stage for me to accept my perception gap, to accept and dig into how I saw things, and yet hope and work towards seeing things differently. During that time, I started to understand that I was being blindly guided by the way I viewed my place in the world, my relationships, my work, and my cultural context. I had buried assumptions about what it meant to be a husband, what it meant to be a man, what it meant to be a friend, and what it meant to be a human. My worth and value being tied up with these unseen assumptions resulted in a process of constantly attaching my value to external things outside of my control and outside of my responsibility, without any acknowledgement of such attribution. Without clarity of what my real responsibilities were, I defaulted to taking responsibility for most things in my environment. Assuming that I had a role to take care of my wife and her emotions led me to neglect my own emotions and blame and persecute myself when she was emotionally struggling. Assuming that I had a role in other people's happiness, I would obsessively observe and analyze other people's emotions and how they responded to my actions. Focusing on how I could manage them, running the hundreds of possible reasons for a smile, a small hint of frustration, disappointment, or desire through my head, and checking and cross-checking my own responses to what I was observing. This is a bit of a side note, but it is very normal and human to be struggling with emotions. Everyone walking around as stoic sacks of indifferent, cold, and perfectly stable rocks is what is really unnatural. In this first few moments of realization, at my parents' house, on the phone with my sister, I was angry at my wife and angry at myself. In the fight that led to all of this, I heard my wife's words, claiming that I had been distant, that I was changing, withdrawing, and getting more and more bitter toward her. I was often angry and rarely showed or spoke my love. I was rarely initiating anything relational and was withdrawing from my friendships. She was sad, angry, and hurt. She was scared for herself, scared for our relationship, and scared for me. I was confused and angry and conflicted and lost. I knew what she thought and what she felt. I had heard these words many times before. I also knew that they were at the same time true and completely out of my control. I could not change. I was stuck. I believed strongly that I had exhausted all of my options, that I had tried everything and that nothing was working. This is what I believed. That is how I saw the world in those exact moments. And that was how I had seen the world for several years. But for the first time, I was also seeing the barest edges of another truth.
It was true that I saw no out. That I saw that I could do nothing to fix the destruction laying at my feet. It was also true that I had to try something different, and that I had very broken perceptions of the world. I perceived both that I was stuck and broken and hopeless, and also that my current perceptions were not the final truth. There was a perception gap between how I saw and how I wanted to see. I sat there holding these contradictory views, like different colored glasses. One pair had been my norm for most of my life, and the other was new and fresh and almost fantastical in its novelty. Those moments started a pattern of questioning and brutal honesty in my life. I started to see the vast gulf between how I perceived the world and how I wanted to perceive the world. Both were true things. One was my modus operandi, and the other was a dream, but a dream that I could do something about. I could accept that I currently viewed the world the way I did, but at the same time work toward how I wanted to view the world and myself and my life in the future. It took me some time to actually be able to articulate how I wanted to see what I wanted my perceptions for myself to be, beyond an initial vague desire for something better, or at least something that did not lead to anger and shame and self-hatred as a norm. After some time in a journal, I arrived at an initial set of desired perceptions for myself. I wanted to see myself as a powerful agent able to act on and live inside my values. I wanted to see myself as beautiful and knowable and successful. I wanted to believe that I had a choice in my life, that I was able to choose what I wanted and act on what I needed. I wanted to view myself as responsible, able to take care of the things which I had taken responsibility for. Above all of these things, I wanted to see myself as okay, as alright, as enough. I knew I had so much work to do in my life, that I had so far to grow, and I wanted these things. But I also wanted to be able to rest at times in myself, knowing that it was enough to be alive, and to be human, and to be me. At the same time as seeing a lack of self-understanding, it also became clear that these perceptions had a direct impact on how I experienced my life, how I engaged with the world, and on my emotions themselves. Perceptions of danger resulted in fear. Perceptions of responsibility resulted in guilt. Perceptions of attack resulted in anger. Perceptions of loss resulted in sorrow. So I was living my life with many strong emotions, not understanding where they came from or why they occurred, and lacking the knowledge of their origins, of the perceptions that caused the emotions to occur. You can see the problem. If I view confrontation or disagreement as an attack, if I perceive other people having different opinions of me as them attacking me, then my 
atomic nervous system will respond as if I'm being attacked with a surge of epinephrine. I will fight or I will run. That is also normal and human. It does not mean I always have to view disagreement as an attack. It just means that I do currently. This is acceptance and it is critical to healing. I can move forward if I desire in the work of changing my perceptions. As another side note, if you aren't aware yet, people having different opinions to you is also normal and quite human, even if you perceive them as unsafe opinions. On top of this, I started seeing how my emotions would reinforce my cognitions. When I felt afraid, I would believe that I was in danger or that I had to protect myself or hide myself. When I felt shame, I would believe I was responsible for the source of that shame. When I felt anger, I would believe that other people were responsible for my anger. Emotions and perceptions are both powerful actors in what make up our own beings and they inform and reinforce each other. The combination of my lack and understanding of my perceptions, how those perceptions powerfully influenced my emotions, and how my emotions powerfully affected my perceptions and my life, all showed me how vital it was to understand myself, to ask hard questions, and to be brutally honest with the answers. Previously in therapy, I had recognized patterns of emotions such as fear and shame which strongly impacted my life established during my childhood and propagated into my adulthood out of habit and conditioning. I had recognized abusive situations and emotional trauma in my past and worked through them to some extent. However, I had not recognized how significantly my past conditioned my perceptions in many negative and destructive ways. If I was going to understand the underlying motivators for my emotions and my actions, I had to dig into my past investigate specific experiences in my childhood, uncover the hidden story that led to the human I now was. It was hidden because it was hard. It was buried because it hurt. Those are very real and painful emotions that we often associate with events in our past. But those events made us who we are today. And to fully work with ourselves, in ourselves, in honesty, acceptance, and love, we need to understand, accept, and heal in our past. I will be coming back to this, to the importance of story, your story, later on. But for now, understanding story and context is critical to empathy and human connection. We experience it in books and film, where knowing someone's past when they face a difficult or possibly destructive choice in the present, we often can say, that makes sense. There is a resolution of tension, a type of acceptance and peace, where while we may not praise or agree with the specific actions of the character, we understand why they made them. Your relationship with your own story is one and the same. If you are to come to terms with who you are today, you must understand and accept the story that led you here. You can't do anything about it, but you can do something with it.
We need to understand ourselves in order to maintain ourselves. And just like a car, if we fail to maintain ourselves, we will run down and stop functioning. At least, functioning as healthy human beings. My story is one and the same. I failed to recognize who I was and ensure that I maintained my integrity, resulting in a loss of identity, a loss of personal values, a loss of hope and happiness, a loss of energy and momentum, and verging on a loss of sanity. I had to understand myself in order to maintain myself. I had to maintain myself in order to have power to change myself. I had to change myself in order to free myself from the bondage of broken perceptions and dominating emotions which were robbing me of my life. Many people say to start with the end in mind. When doing anything, taking any action, pursuing any change, the idea is you must understand your trajectory. And I agree with this statement in part. I think it is important to understand the end, but I also believe that for many of us, picturing who we want to be and what we want to do in life is very challenging. There is something that keeps getting in the way of our dreams, something that keeps casting a shadow over our aspirations, something that seems to put a hand around the neck of our desires and choke us before we take a step. That thing in the majority of situations is our own selves. You can call it doubt. You could call it fear. You could call it shame. You could call it a lack of energy. You could call it hopelessness. Our personal states come in many forms and with many names. For many of us, we are faced every day with a barrage of emotions and beliefs about ourselves which debilitate and inhibit our happiness, which make us feel powerless and hopeless, which rob us of energy and momentum. All of these things are internal to ourselves. They are what make up our current state of being, and they are entirely within our sphere of influence. What I am talking about are our emotions and our perceptions, our feelings and cognitions, the things we feel and the things we believe. They inspire us and debilitate us. They help us grow and they trap us. Either way, they are central and foundational to our existence and deserve our attention. External and physical situations and spaces do inform our internal world, yes. They are very important to consider and to change if needed, yes. I left my home for a time, for this very reason. However, changing our external context to live healthier lives, to heal, or to change, whether it be our bodies, the people we spend time with, our careers, or our lifestyle, will go only as far as our current emotions and perceptions accurately reflect what is healthy for us. If they are skewed or based on lies, our actions will follow. We will spin our tires and exercise in futility, in pursuing success in a career, in a relationship, in optimizing the shape and composition of the body, trying to serve the lies about what we want and what we need and what it really means for us as individuals to be healthy humans. Maybe they are lies. Maybe they are not. Maybe they are healthy. Maybe they are destructive. Without understanding yourself, your motivators, your assumptions, your perceptions, it is all a game of chance, and you are playing it with your life.
I do not say any of this to dismiss or judge the fact that you may be living in broken perceptions in your life right now, or that you simply don't care about how you feel or how you see. I am at this very moment filled with anxiety about how these words will be received and what you might think of me because I am sharing them. This is mostly because I currently see other people's approval as more important than basically anything else in life. This is my current reality, and I am learning to be okay with that, here and now, even as I learn to set aside the guilt and shame in which I live for the simple fact that I am a human, and pick up these pieces of my life, look at them, celebrate them, and move forward in them. I'm also not saying any of this to imply that the final answer to happiness and wholeness is a constant habit of introspection. Breaking things down into smaller pieces aids in understanding things in a certain way by understanding the parts of the whole. However, I strongly believe that an introspective approach has a place only within a larger context of the self and experience where the end goal is letting go of the pieces and living holistically, not so focused on the details, but on the broad, beautiful reality of life. I see all of this as recovery, learning what we lost, learning to let your emotions and thoughts flow through you without analysis or judgment is invaluable. But for many of us, there is much bias and tension getting in the way of that type of pure acceptance. And experience. This is another type of a perception shift, where we learn to see ourselves as whole humans, not just a collection of failures, choices, aspirations, wins, values, boundaries, and emotions. We are more than just the sum of our parts, and there's so much in our world fighting against that belief. But that is a whole other conversation for another time. To summarize, how we see impacts how we experience, and how we engage in, our life. Our perceptions are conditioned beliefs, which we can have an active role in shaping. Our seeing plays a central role in the creative way we engage in the world, and guides what we create. The environments, relationships, jobs, and lifestyles we will find ourselves in are a product of the way we perceive what is important and the way these perceptions foster our emotions. Trying to exhaust ourselves in the effort of changing what it is we are creating and what it is we are choosing for our life is a futile effort without also confronting the underlying perceptions which guide and inspire how we choose to create. I've seen this play out in my own life time and time again, and I am learning to start with questioning how I perceive when I want to change my experience, question how I see when I want to change how I live.